In just a moment, you'll be listening to today's fantastic interview that Louise has lined up ready for you. Hi, it's Alice here, and I just wanted to drop in and let you know that the Connected Artists Club, my membership, is open for new members right now until the end of May. So if you've ever wondered what's inside, everything the club contains, and whether it's right for you, you can head over to soulrocketstudio.com slash May and see everything that's involved. That's it. On with today's show. Enjoy. The writing on your walls would be like, imagine you're born with a clean brick wall in front of you. It's just a lovely wall and you get to write whatever beliefs you want on there. But unfortunately, you don't get the spray can. Everyone's got a spray can and they can spray whatever they want on that wall. everyone and welcome to Art Juice. This is honest, generous and humorous conversations to feed your creative soul and to get you thinking. Today Alice is taking a break and I am joined by the magnificent Georgina Noel. Hello and also magnificent. Magnificent. (laughs) Love that. I thought it would be a good idea to have Georgina on, not least because I'm often asked when I say I've done energy work or I've done personal development work, people say, who is the person you do it with? And I'm constantly answering one person at a time with your name. So now I thought, let's just have you on. Let's just talk about what you do and also how it works in practical terms for people in creative fields. And that's the easiest way to t- answer everyone's question. So, um, magnificent Georgina, tell us a little bit who you are and what you do. I think I'm going to change my Instagram handle. The magnificent <laughs> Georgina, the magnificent. I'll sound like a magician. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. Okay, so, hi. Hey, I'm Georgina. And what do I do? Well... I use energy work, mindset work, and a lot of other just intuitive gifts that I kind of inherently have to help people move from where they think they are, where they think they're stuck, into live it like really truly becoming the version of themselves that gets to be, do, and have everything that they want. I believe that a limitation that we place on ourselves is just a part of a puzzle that we get to play with and unpack and that limitations that we that we perceive are actually like they're like gifts to me I get very excited about them so I think I help people shift their view on their own personal limitations. Before we get into the main conversation because then we make sure everyone knows where to find you (laughs) what where should they come and look for you? The best place to find me these days is on Instagram. So my Instagram handle is at Georgina Noel, E-F-T-N-O-E-L. And if you go on there, you'll find in the bio link, you can find my podcast, you can find my mailing list, there's freebies on there, all sorts of things. So I would say that's a good place to start. And then you will find all of the links to all of the other things that you might want to binge watch or listen from my content. (laughs) Excellent. And that link will be in the show notes as well. And by the time we're done with this conversation, you will want to go check out what else Georgina's got to have. (laughs) I'm going to, so let's, so what the topic of this week's conversation is everybody 
is limiting beliefs. And that is, as you know, when we start these conversations, it's usually quite broad. We say that's what we're going to talk about. Then we have a big riff conversation and we see where it ends. But that is our opening goal that we decided to talk about today. And the reason I picked this topic is I know Georgina coaches a variety of different types of people, but she has worked with quite a few artists over the years. And obviously I work with artists and I would say that limiting beliefs kind of encapsulates what holds almost everyone back. There are some circumstances that are just facts and I understand that, but even then we, we often have limiting beliefs around those facts. So I think about people who, who have chronic pain or some condition, even that means you can't use your hands. And then I think about that film about that painter, I've forgotten his name, but Daniel Day-Lewis played him and he painted with his, with his left foot when he couldn't mm-hmm. do anything else. So <clears throat> that is an extreme example of a limitation. In most cases, limitations that I come across are limitations as you said in your intro that we've imposed on ourselves and we don't see it that way though I mean even just what you said about the Daniel Day-Lewis film in my mind I'm thinking like that man could very easily have had the limiting belief what I can't paint but he chose to find a way yes so in my mind yes there was a physical limitation and it didn't stop that person from believing they were a painter at an identity level to the point where they were like well if I can't use this I'll use that um but yes very extreme example I agree but still they could have taken on and in that situation they could have taken on the belief I can't paint and there would have been a lot of people who would have swooped in and agreed with them and this is what we must also be mindful of is that when we are holding a limiting belief about something depending on the people we surround ourselves with in our daily life which is why it's often beneficial to work with someone like me, isn't it? Because then you get this other perspective. But depending on who we surround ourselves with, they will also see the limitation as a truth. And so it will reinforce that the limit you're placing on yourself is true. And actually what I want to jump in and say in response is when you said and, yes, he had a limitation and, I think the and is key because when I came to you, I did have limitations. There were facts about my life that were the real facts. I had to make a living. I had to pay a mortgage. I had a business I was running that took a lot of time and energy. I just couldn't see the end. And when you tell people anything's possible, it's easy for a skeptic to think you're saying oh, there's no such thing as, as think, you know, facts in the world, which is, which is, I think, how I felt about you. Oh, there's no such thing as mortgages. You don't have to worry about that, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like, it's like taking <laughs> bypassing and complete, like gaslighting in a way. It's like, oh yeah, but your situation doesn't exist. You're, it's, it's pretend, don't worry about it. We all live in yeah. airy fairyland. And it's like, no, I experience everyone in that full potential and then they show up with this limited version of themselves. And I see my job is to, is to bridge that gap. So it's not to bypass where the person currently is, it's to actually accept where you currently are and say, Oh, this is my current financial situation. This is my current physical situation. This is my current relationship status. And that doesn't mean that this is all that will ever be. 
that's just to me that's I I don't understand that I'm like why would you think that this is all that there is I I genuinely like I can't I can't wrap my head around it when someone says oh but this is just how it is I'm like ah like my whole system goes <laughs> no it's no it's not true I want to like shake them and be like no there's so much more um so yes that's kind of how I approach things from a your life is real your experience right now is real and I'm never going to tell you that it isn't real what I am going to do is hold the field of possibility of your highest expression of yourself and guide you towards it and remind you of it and cheerlead you every step of the way. What I remember you saying to me is if there's a pro, if you have a problem, think of it like a big stick. And so my problem was I have to work full time on a business I don't enjoy, which gives me no time for painting or not enough time to develop my skills as an artist. It gives me limited time. And so I'm, you described it as a, great big stick and that I was looking at the wrong end of the stick and you're going to explain this better than me so can you explain <laughs> what you mean by that Happily. everybody so this is um this is kind of an NLP concept like neurolinguistic programming but it's also um very much been popularized by Abraham Hicks if anyone's into Abraham Hicks if you've never heard of them I recommend them just for kind of positive vibes in the background of your life it's quite a nice way of looking at life but one of the things that they speak about is this idea of a, a stick. So for every problem, there is always a solution. And if you imagine it like you've got a stick in your hand and one end there's the problem and the other end is the solution. If you're looking at the end with the problem and you're focusing and staring, it's like you're just feeding energy to that. And you're also not even able to see the solution. When you start to say, and this is it, you know, it's like, you don't come to me and say, oh, everything's fine. Woo. You come to me, you say, there's this thing going on. You're looking at the problem. And all I do is I help you go, okay, cool. Right. Let's look at what else is available. Let's look at the other end of the stick at the solution. And the important thing is when you do the kind of work that I do to work with people who are genuinely available for a solution, because there are some people who only want to look at the problem end of the stick and they want to remain victims because that feels safe. And when I say victim, what I mean is somebody who really feels like they have no control over their life, like the world is against them. You know, I'm talking very extreme. We can allow that victim consciousness, that mentality. It's available to all of us. But the fact that that is available to all of us means that the opposite end of that stick is also available. So empowered problem solver can do at the opposite end of the the can do is the can't you know so it's like can mm -hmm. and can't if you can't do something it means you have a desire and on some level you actually do know what can would feel like mm -hmm. and I know that it can be like a bit of an abstract concept to get your head around to start with but when you look at it like the stick and you realize that everything has like an equal and opposing force right everything has that opposing force yeah it's really it's actually becomes very easy when you start to look at it like that oh I'm feeling really sad okay how do I want to feel instead what would feel better what's at the other end of the stick of sadness oh it's happiness okay cool can I get there what would it take to get me there and very often it's just the shift in focus to the solution end of the stick that allows somebody to have the breakthrough it can be so simple. Ah, oh, the problem. 
oh, hang on a minute. I'm just staring at the problem. Take a step back. Am I actually available to receive a solution for this right now? And if the answer is no, put the stick down and walk away. (laughs) And then come back to it later when you've calmed down and you are available for the solution, right? When we believe something isn't possible, we're not even trying. We're not even attempting to do the things that would make it possible. So as an example, if I really dream, and I do not, by the way, but if I dream of being in a big London white wall gallery with my paintings, but I don't believe that's possible for me, then I'm not going to network and make those connections. And I'm not going to send my work to people and ask because I don't believe it's possible. I'm going to go to a little gallery in a framing shop down the road and say, would you put up my pictures? Because that's all I can imagine is possible. And And I used to work in a theatre and I like to think of this, explain it a slightly different way as well. In a theatre, you put, you know, they're called gels, the coloured gels that you put in front of a lantern. So when you shine light through it, if you put a pink gel in, you get a pink light. Right. And I like to think of it like that. When we have um, when we have like a gel or a lens in our mind that says this is the truth, we view everything through that lens. So we just don't see anything that's any other color. We don't see anything that's any other opportunity. And I think what this kind of work and the conversations that I have with people, I think what it does for them is it starts to help them see that they don't have to keep looking through that lens anymore. They can choose a different lens if they want to, or they can get rid of the lens altogether and just be completely open to receiving whatever, whatever they, you know, and I think people come to me as well and they're like, I just, you know, it's, it's going to take a miracle or people want to live this life that feels magical and like miracles are happening. And, you know, that things feel really zingy and alive and not really like pedestrian and mundane. And I will always say to people, if we want magic and miracles in our life, we have to remember that it probably means that things are going to show up in unexpected ways. But how available are you to receive something in an unexpected way versus how ready are you to control every single step and plan every single step of the way and need to know exactly what everything's going to look like that isn't a miracle that's just a plan yes you know what I mean so it's kind of I think it's about for me it's really about bridging um practicality with spirituality because actually I am really quite a grounded human like I have a you know I'm not I don't just like meditate all day every day but not all day (laughs) you know I have my own limiting beliefs and nonsense that I deal with as well so it's never that I want to take people away from the human experience I want them to understand how that I want them to understand that being human is a spiritual experience yeah and And artists are freaking shamans like I've said this so many times and I stand by it, you guys take nothing. You take a blank canvas with nothing on it and out of thin air, you you create an image. It's like it blows my mind. <laughs> and that's why I love working with artists is because you are all such magical creatures. And a lot of you, some of you know it, and some of you come and work with me and like, oh, I don't know, but by the end of it, you realize that you actually are you are pulling things out of the void, out of the ether, out of nowhere and creating something that you can then exchange for a physical resource like money, if you want to. How pompous is that when you break it down? But because to you, 
you're an artist so it's just what you do to me yeah. what you do is equally as magical as what I do is to you do you see yeah. what I mean yeah I think a key point you made is we don't often have people in our lives who are cheerleaders saying go on how how important is that in what you do just that aspect I mean I don't know I for me it's just natural I think the reason that it naturally it comes so naturally to me to be like that with people is a because I just see them as a being of pure potential with the human skin suit on <laughs> weird I know and secondly because I'm somebody who has struggled with depression massive self-loathing and self-doubt back in the day and quite honestly <laughs> how how boring is it to not believe in yourself and how how boring is self-doubt it's so it's so boring <laughs> and what I, mean, what I mean by that is like when people come to me and they're like oh but I can't because you know that and it's all self-doubt I'm like aren't you bored of that like aren't you bored of feeling like you're not good enough if that's the if that's the best reason you've got if if not being good enough or not being worthy or not being valuable enough or whatever if that is the best reason you've got for not doing the thing that you know you need to do in the world to get to where you want to be that it's not a good enough reason because in my mind I know what it is like to journey the pits of really low self-belief and self-doubt so for me, if someone comes to me with lack of, you know, not being able to love themselves, doubting themselves, not having a lot of belief in themselves, it's so easy for me to just reflect back to them how brilliant they are, because that's what I see. You're not, like I've said so many times, you're not a problem to be solved. You are just, you're not, you're not broken. You don't need to be fixed. We're just going to shift your focus onto what you want and start moving you towards it. And when you work with artists, what hmm. are what what are some of the limitations that you see? I mean, one limitation that I can start with is the limitation about how much we charge for our work. That's definitely a big one. People like even the idea of people selling their work sometimes. And I'm like, why do you want to hold on to it all? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, I get that if you have some beautiful pieces that you want to keep because they're sentimental, because they genuinely just bring you joy and you want to you want to keep them and it feels good to keep them. Like, it makes you feel, mm, I love to look at this picture. Um, of course, keep it. Don't sell it just for the sake of it. But once you've got a room full of artwork, when you're whinging about why you can't leave your job because you can't make money as an artist, it's like, well, have you tried selling your work? Have you told people it's for sale? Do they know? Do they have to be psychic to buy from you? <laughs> so one of the things we work on is just making it really easy for people to buy your stuff. Like we're all, you know, no matter what era we grew up in, we are all now in the in social media era where people just want to flick, 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 flick. So if it's not easy for people to buy your stuff, it's going to be a rare few who are going to seek you out enough to actually ask you how to buy it. Yeah. So I help people with that limitation of like being OK with selling their work, telling people they're selling their work, that kind of stuff that comes up a lot. Like, oh, I can't do that. What will people think? Who cares? Do you want to make money? Like your bank account doesn't care what people are saying about you. Do you know what I mean? Like bring that money in, honey. Other limitations are around a big one how many artists want to create 
uh, th- I'm not an artist, right? So this to me is like, it's bizarre how many people come to me with this this particular thing. It's quite specific. But they want to make their artwork bigger. They want to make big pieces. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, then just get a bigger canvas. What's the problem? <laughs> like, I don't understand what the problem But in their mind, they've got all, the, all these ideas. That, I can't do that. I can't, like why and again as an artist you may have an an understanding of where like the background of where that comes from in terms of like and as an artist whether you've trained like professionally trained artists been through art college and all of that good stuff or whether you're just someone who naturally has a passion and a gift for creating art that's another one people Mm -hmm. um I've noticed there can be sometimes a bit of judgment in people looking at other people's artwork and saying, oh, I can't believe they sell it for that much. And I'm like, well, if you're judging others for how much they charge, that's why you don't want to put your prices up because you are judging other people for it. And this is where I will tell people to look in the mirror. What are you, how do you respond when somebody else is openly selling their artwork, openly putting their prices up, openly changing their style that's another one that comes I can't create I can't I can't make a mess I've got my style people know me for this style now I've become relatively successful or I've, I've had people buy this style what if I just suddenly change it and nobody likes what I'm doing anymore that's another one that I've I've noticed a lot of yeah. artists have that kind of they just want to pivot they just want to evolve as an artist but they let the fact that they've had any any modicum of success financially and they let that they let that stop them from becoming the fully expressed artist that they're actually meant to be on this planet they they allow that those sales Hmm. sometimes they're not even massive sales it's just like you know a little consistent bit that comes in on the side but it's like they're so afraid of people not liking what they do of people judging them for charging more or changing their style mm-hmm. so again I will always ask people to look in the mirror take a look at what are your projections on other artists and how they show up how they price how they create how often they just change their style that. completely a big thing you taught me is if I can't tell what my own limiting beliefs are just <laughs> look at what I judge in other people they're too loud they show off too much these are just ones I can imagine there's there's one artist somebody told me um she's very successful she's very financially successful and she makes great work and she lets people know when she's sold paintings Mm -hmm. and tells everyone and celebrates and there was some really apparently bitchy comments at, at one point about you know you don't have to tell every time you sell a painting you don't have to somebody said you're making other artists feel bad like she's just celebrating that she was successful and and yet you are making other artists feel bad what that person meant was you are making me feel bad right because I what they meant was I'm making me feel bad witnessing your success because I don't feel like I'm worthy deserving or capable of receiving the level of success that you have yes and when we fall into what I call it compare and despair, like I find a lot of limiting beliefs come from our comparison. When we compare ourselves to others, I can't do this. 
Why? Because I'm not them. But what is it about them that makes them different from you? Well, they were more privileged. Well, they had this background. Well, they had that. They had this help. They had, they went to college. They this, they that. Okay, great. But none of those things really matter because there are other people who have all the same gifts, background, et cetera, as that person and never became a successful artist. And there are people on the other end of the spectrum who grew up with zero privilege and no resources and didn't have any education, like formal education in art, and they go on to be successful. So rather than trying to find the things that make, when people have what we want, when we perceive people to have what I was thinking about today in the steam room at the gym, actually, funnily enough, um, when people have what, or we perceive them to have what we think we want, we look at them and we make them different because it's less vulnerable. It's less confronting. Yes. And then we don't have to really look at our own crap. And we don't have to go, well, if they can do it, I can do it. If it's possible, then it's, if it's possible for anyone, then that means it can be possible for me. And we can either look at that, it's that stick again. We can either look at that and hold that stick and go, wow, that thing's possible. And we can look at, oh, but I don't have it yet. That means I'm not good enough. It's never going to happen for me. Blah, 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 blah. Or we can look at the other end of the stick and be inspired. Wow. Look at what's possible. I haven't even thought of wanting a private jet. I hadn't even thought of, you know, Richard Branson buying my artwork and sharing on his social media saying it's the best thing ever and suddenly I've got a million new followers and I'm suddenly a billionaire through my art. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean, though? It's like people don't allow themselves because they don't allow themselves to dream and to dream big and to really go for something because they're afraid of the feeling of disappointment. <laughs> But what I find ironic about that, and I think I think the way I word what you just said to people mm. is it's an excuse. I used to have an excuse for not trying, which is mm -hmm. I can't. I can't do it because I have this mortgage. I have these bills. I can't do that other thing. So, so I don't have to fail at it. That's basically when I get to the bottom of it, what was going on. I don't even have to try. I don't even have to. And what I would do is I would look at certain people. I can think of two people who didn't have to work because their husbands were earning. And so they mm -hmm. could. So in my mind, oh, well, you can do that because you don't have to work. That is just a cop out because I don't know what else those people have going on I don't know what mm -hmm. limiting beliefs they have or what actual limitations they're dealing with mm -hmm. that is it was ridiculous it was an excuse and whatever and and that brings me to another question I've got for you because you mentioned earlier that we can choose a different reality and I remember the first time I heard you say that and I felt so down <laughs> I was so down mm -hmm. and so stuck mm -hmm. And I thought, I literally cannot choose to be happy. I wish I could. This is what was going through my mind. I wish I could just say, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll choose to feel differently. Mm -hmm. And then everything, because I was so mired in the depths of the sadness, partly that's where the energy work that you do is. And we can talk a bit about what that is in a second. But mm -hmm. partly that's where that comes in. But also you taught me something else very important, which is can you shift a little bit? Can you talk about that, about shifting just from 
you don't have to make the giant leap now from I can't I can't make big paintings to I can make giant paintings in one go. Can you talk about mm-hmm. how we can shift ourselves in a way that feels a bit more manageable? I think now is a really good time for me to just point out because I I don't know I just energetically feel like there's something in this conversation and this point in the conversation where I don't know all I can say is I just have this intuitive sense that if people have listened this far there are going to be some people who are like yes like I'm no 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 just devouring this like oh this feels so good I love this conversation and I feel like this I don't know what it is I just get this felt sense that there are people who are wanting to tap out right now and what I would say is for those people, what I feel to share with you is it's very easy in this moment to discount somebody like me because maybe what you see is someone who is happy, bouncy, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like people think I have it together or, you know, I've got all these tools and I, I do all this cool stuff. So my life must be perfect. And I just want to say, you know, it was when my when my friend committed suicide many many years ago that's what actually got me into this journey how old and i think when that happened how, how old, old was i um yeah. do you know i think it must i must have been about 28 i'm gonna turn 40 um, when we record this so i have you know i have my i have my own journey i don't feel the need to like regurgitate it all because i'm not somebody who goes look at my struggles because now i'm worthy now that i've struggled i'm worthy but i just feel to say like as I said before, if what you are covetous of in people is their happiness and their full, being fully self-expressed, if that's something that's triggering for you and you're like, I really want that. And it makes me annoyed when people have that because I feel like it's so far away from where I am. I firstly want to say to those people, that's okay. Like it's okay to really dislike me right now. That's totally fine. I don't mind. <laughs> um, I get it. And please know that whatever you are experiencing and moving through right now, this too shall pass. Like that's one of my favorites. It's just always this too shall pass the good and the bad. Nothing is forever. Everything is transient. So just remember that wherever you are right now, even if it it feels bleak, there is a way to move gently towards what you want. So sometimes it can feel like going from, as we were saying, going from the depths of despair and like almost like numbness and complacency and just like f my life right to like exuberant and playful and woohoo abundance that's a big freaking leap for anyone even for someone who's really practiced at this stuff like me that's a big freaking leap right so what i tend to do is i will just if i'm in the depths of despair the first thing i will do is i will ask myself is this how i'm actually just meant to be feeling right now like is it okay for me to be feeling this right now and if the answer is yes I just let myself feel it. So that's the first thing is whatever you're feeling, feel it. Don't be afraid of it. It is a feeling, it's emotion, emotion, energy in motion. It will move. That's the nature of emotion. It wants to move. It's our need to hold on and not feel it. Try to like squash it down and compartmentalize it. Even as I say that, I feel my belly go like, because uh, it's such a horrible feeling when we hold our emotions in and when we don't let ourselves admit how we're feeling to ourselves. That's really important. So that's the first thing, as I would say, is like, let yourself feel whatever it is where you're at. And then the next step would be, where can I get to from here? So if I identify as like, I just have such this way of sadness or grief, 
And then I'm ready. I'm like, I don't actually want to feel like this is not serving me anymore. It's not nurturing me anymore. It's just, I want to move out of this, but I don't know how. Well, can you see I'm already in frustration? It's already changed. Oh, I'm so frustrated. Oh, okay. So I'm not grieving anymore. I'm frustrated. So notice, notice mm. the shift. Oh, I, I wish I didn't feel grief anymore. You're not feeling grief. You're feeling frustration. Pay attention. And mm. then from frustration where can you get oh god i'm so oh i'm angry now i'm angry oh, okay great so you've already moved from the pits of despair and grief and sadness and feeling like it's never going to change and in a few seconds we've gone from there to frustration to anger and then from anger what's available so it's just giving yourself full permission to actually journey the depths of the emotion that wants to be felt without wallowing there's a difference right we can hold ourselves there because it's Again, it's a great excuse, but if we're just resisting fully going into the emotion and feeling it, it will naturally become something else. So just be with it, just be still. Stop trying to do your way out of it and change it by through action and just freaking sit with it. Sit your ass down and feel it. <laughs> this is the one of my biggest lessons from you because you know I'm very thinky and right got to have a plan got to make this better got to solve my problem and just learning to experience the feelings and and feel my way out of them makes them pass as you say emotions do not last and yet and this is where we get to what you do with energy if we don't feel them we can hold on to them and this is what I did not know until I experienced it for myself that we can hold on to things for decades and we don't even know we're holding on to it. It's there inside us, that thing that happened, that upset we had, that person who said that thing or that argument or that terrible trauma or that smaller thing that happened but was really upsetting because we were just a kid or whatever it is and we can hold all that inside. And you do this like... Ugh, voodoo magic whatever it is you do with energy <laughs> it's not voodoo <laughs> she doesn't get dolls out I, I we can have a session you do your energy magic and there's no way we can describe to people really I don't think what that is but then I no because it's different every time that's the thing is that I have a lot of modalities under my belt and I even teach I even train EFT practitioners like I train people in this stuff and yet I still don't really know what's gonna what I'm gonna need and I will adapt the various modalities yeah. and resources yeah. that I have following the energy where where the person who's sitting in front of me where their energy needs to go it's like we just weave it all together and so every single session I do with somebody is different <laughs> yeah yes and yet at the end of something which feels like to me nothing happened sometimes I can feel like oh we did we tapped on some some acupressure points and we did we rubbed something I rubbed some things and you said some things and we talked and then we hung up and then everything's different I'm just different I particularly remember taking this back to art we had a quick one hour call one day when I was I was I was having a solo exhibition and I was feeling very nervous. You probably don't even remember this because I just booked you for one hour because I said, I'm really nervous. I remember. I don't remember. even do that anymore. But we we had this, yeah, quick call. And 
you, I just said, I just want to, you, you said, how do you want to feel? And I said, I want to feel like an accomplished artist who deserves to have this. And then we had this call. I didn't particularly feel anything had changed. I went to the opening. Um, I sold the biggest painting to some people who just wandered in. And this was quite early on in my selling paintings as well. It was only a very tiny little gallery, but it was all my work. And I was really... And it was in Yorkshire and there were a lot of beliefs around these people here won't spend money on art, you know, yeah, all that kind of stuff. these people lived in a Yorkshire farm. So there's a lot of limiting beliefs in that session. Yeah, so yeah. perfect. Yeah, my yeah, parents yeah. lived in a big farmhouse in Yorkshire. They said, oh, we've been looking. They said, we go to the, the art fairs in London all the time and we buy paintings all the time. So people don't exist in Yorkshire who buy paintings. Apparently they do. Anyway, <laughs> and then at the end of that evening, my friend, my best friend was there. And he sent me a card, which I still have on the notice board behind me, saying, I've never seen you so poised and confident and happy as you were that night with the mm -hmm. people you were talking to. And that is what I mean by kind of magic. And whether you believe that is, whether you listening are believing, because I'm aware there's cynics listening to, because I was one. Alice has worked with you. I know she won't mind me saying she was one because we've talked about that. <laughs> but we're both not now. Um, but whether you believe in that or not, maybe it's not magic. Maybe it's having, maybe you believe it's having a person who thoroughly, completely believes in you sending that positive energy in your direction. Maybe that's all you think it is and that's fine. Whatever you believe it is. I just am not someone who makes up these kind of things. And the effect on me that night was amazing and has carried through with me so that I am now always confident talking about my artwork to people in a way I never was before. So that energy work is a key part of what you do. And obviously you need to work with someone for that part of it because it doesn't, it's not something you can do yourself. But there's so much of this that people can do. And that's what I love about this conversation we've been having. I think mm -hmm. the key thing you said is notice, be aware. Like just start noticing your own, your own limitations, your own, what you're imposing on yourself. Question everything that you believe, I think. It's the stories as well. You know, in the EFT training, um, I call this, we call it in the EFT community that I'm a part of and um, the writing on the walls so your limiting beliefs are like the writing on the walls and if you imagine that when you were born even though I believe in ancestral trauma so we won't go down that road but in the EFT training ba basic I'll level everybody out right <laughs> yeah my, mindset 101 for those of you who are new to this for anyone who's not come and chat with me let's talk about ancestral healing it's great anyway but for those of you who are brand new to this <laughs> and are struggling with this conversation even up to this point <laughs> um the writing on your walls would be like imagine you're born with a you know with a clean brick wall in front of you it's just a lovely wall and you get to write whatever beliefs you want on there but unfortunately you don't get the spray can <laughs> to write the graffiti on that wall you your parents get it your siblings get it your teachers, everyone's got a spray can and they can spray whatever they want on that wall. And they spray things like, you know, I don't know, I don't know, rich, like money is the root of all evil and all of that kind of stuff. And all the all the things that you play in your head, like, 
artists and that you can never make money being an artist and you know so the writing on your walls is very often if you gave it a voice it wouldn't even have your voice it would be the voice of your dad or your mum or your teacher or your art teacher art teachers have got a lot to answer yes they have <laughs> some of them have been the biggest inspiration and some of them have just dashed the dreams yeah. and hopes <laughs> But, you know, the writing on your walls and just thinking about like if your brain, if you could project all of the limiting beliefs out like graffiti on a wall, a lot of those beliefs, you only believe them because you've kept on thinking. Right. A belief is just a thought that you keep thinking and it becomes like a truth to you. But what if you could rewrite them? And you can. Mm -hmm. It can actually be as simple as just writing them all down and looking at them and asking yourself. Do I actually believe this is true? Do I actually believe that it's not possible to make money as an artist? Do I believe that? And if you do, and it feels like a genuine truth, then, you know, there's there's work to be done there. But if you can just look at that belief and go, so much rubbish. I've seen so many people become wealthy making art. Why would I be any different? Okay, right, that belief just gets to go. And then the next time you hear it, you're more aware. And it's like, no, 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 I don't need you anymore. I've chosen to believe that I can make money as an artist mm -hmm. so just like almost like slowing down a little bit and noticing where the beliefs and the stories that you're telling yourself about your abilities or what's available to you or just about your life and about yourself notice where those stories they're not even yours they're just things that have been projected onto you or that you've picked up over time or that you've heard your mum and dad for example about money you know if your mum and dad had money troubles or maybe, um, you know, they used to project onto people who had money, oh, you know, those rich assholes or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, always show, always showing off their money and then you wonder why you find it hard to celebrate that you've sold a painting or you find it hard to spend money on stuff that's just for fun and would feel a bit like showy and glitzy and you really want to buy it but you're like, I can't because rich people who are who show off their money it's bad it's dirty it's wrong yeah you know like it's not it's not your belief that's that's not how your soul came here to be expressed it didn't come here to be held captive by the beliefs of your parents that you heard when you were growing up right so if you can see the writing on your walls as the beliefs that you're running that no longer serve you sometimes you don't even have to go and dig that deep you can just look at them and decide that you don't want them to be true anymore and then the ones that feel like deeper, like actually I I don't want this to be true, but I, I can't understand how to feel neutral about it mm -hmm. or how to change my mind about it. Those are the beliefs where energy work and that kind of thing will be, will just take that final layer off for you. And yeah, you won't even believe that you used to believe that old crap anymore <laughs> when you're on the other side. I can't believe I used to limit myself like that, you know? sometimes I think it's okay if we're not comfortable as well that's the other thing it's okay if you don't want to sell your paintings and you've decided that because it makes you happy to just make them and then paint over them and make some more and paint over them that's okay too but you you know the difference between I just get joy from doing it and I don't want the hassle of selling and I'm not interested you know the difference between that and I I don't think I can so I tell myself I don't want to. That's two different things, isn't it, as well? Or it would be too it would be too vulnerable for me to put them out there. You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel safe for me to put them out there. It's 
what will people think all of those kind of stories come up and it's what would people think is a real parent thing to have been handed down isn't it huge what would people be for think? women I think yeah and little girls should be seen and not heard that was mm. that was a classic from my childhood and the Why? good girl complex the good Why? girl got to be the good girl got to pass the test got to get it right follow the rules and then you come into the and then you kind of start doing all this deconditioning work and all this deprogramming work and you realize like people like you and I with you know again not to get too deep into it but with our specific human designs if anyone's interested just drop me a message I'll send you a link um, it's free go to your chart you can find things out for yourself you don't have to pay me for that don't worry if you want to do deeper work you've got to pay me but for the basics I'll just send you on your way to a link um, but for you and I we both have very like disruptive um innovation we have catalyst you know like all of those kind of properties and that's what we're here for mm -hmm. so the fact that we you know any people pleasing any good girl complex any got to follow the rules otherwise you know got to get it right mustn't fail got to color in the lines to then start deprogramming that and realizing that all of that stuff was just to make us more manageable yeah yeah exactly easier to control you know and then yeah. we realize like oh wait I wasn't meant to be controlled I was never meant to be controlled I was meant to be you know innovating and inspiring and like putting a rocket up people's ass to get creative and change their lives you know yeah. when we when we start to set ourselves free from the programming that we've collected throughout our life that's when we start to feel met by life in a different way and for me setting people free from the stories of victimization and powerlessness, hopelessness that they've carried with them and seeing them come into their full power and their full expression. And that's when they start to feel that everything is possible because they realize like, oh, it is, you know, it's the Wizard of Oz thing. It's like, it was in me all along. Um, <laughs> it's that, it's just, that's what it is. Like the literally the power is within you and I just want to help people to, like, I just see, like, this little shining diamond, this little ember inside people. And I just want to, like, chisel away, take my little pickaxe and just, like, chisel away at all the crap and reveal your own brilliance to you. I want you to, see, I want people to see themselves the way I see them. And if I can even help them get a fraction of the way to that, then their life changes dramatically. And it's, I mean, what a gift to be able to do this as, you know, to have discovered my purpose on this planet so early and to now be just living and evolving and developing that is, I mean, it's such a gift. I'm so, so grateful. <laughs> and it, it truly is a gift. And I know of, and I won't name them because I haven't asked them, but I know of many people. I could give you a long list of people who I've watched change through working with you and yes. it's so exciting when you see and each one has developed into something different from the next that's the other perfect thing each one is someone different because um, that's who they came to be yes everyone is so unique and I think people for, people want that they want to be authentic and they want to be themselves more than anything sorry but it's also the thing that scares them the most. And so when we work together, it's about really uncovering the person that you were meant to be on this planet 
And that's when you find your unique voice. And that's when you start to realize there is no competition because everyone is different. So it's like dropping people back into their eunice. <laughs> that's the perfect, the perfect, if you can take anything away from this conversation, I hope it's that we both see in you amazing potential to do whatever's next for you. We know you can do it. And that might sound easy when we don't know what particular challenges you're facing or what particular situation you're in, but we've just seen it so many times. And that's why I love having you on because you've seen it in a different, from a different context than me, but we've both seen artists do things that they never thought were possible over and over and over again in amazing ways. And that is possible for you too. I also feel like, I just wanna say like the world needs your art and I think that this is something that isn't people don't hear enough Mm -hmm. that beauty and creativity and art without it I mean I don't it makes me feel emotional because what would our world even be there's a lot going on there's a lot of things shifting and changing and a lot of old paradigms crumbling I mean the world is batshit crazy it has been for a long time (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and it's not really showing any signs of slowing its role. So when I see people as well, like incredible creatives wanting to back away from their art because they don't think it's important enough or it feels flippant or frivolous or, oh, it's it's not, you know, it's not valuable enough. Like I should be doing, so I should be saving the world. Like there are people out there doing such important things. And I'm like, what you do, I genuinely feel emotional about like what you do is so valuable. Mm. and so important and don't ever let anyone else or anything else make you feel like being an artist isn't enough because it's more than enough in my eyes anyway I love that yeah because we all it's just what going back to what we said about finding the diamond in each person The diamond in someone else is to be a doctor saving lives. That's not the diamond that was in me. And I can't force it to be. I would be rubbish at it because I hated science and I couldn't do maths and I would be no use at it. But this thing I can do and we all contribute in our own ways. And what's really sad when limiting beliefs stop you from contributing, as they did me for a long time, or stop you contributing to your full potential is that potential is in danger of being wasted you we will all die and when we die do we want to die having left everything that we could have done and never done it and if if we can help people to just lose one or two of those beliefs that are holding them back we can start the ball rolling down the hill and see where they can get to yeah because a world without art would be a disaster and I talk about this. I remember speaking to an artist client a while ago about there's a lot of fear in the world right now. And if we've got fear, I'm like, I know you guys probably can't see me because it's a podcast, but I'm like gesturing with my left hand over to my left side. <laughs> if fear is over here and then on the right hand side over here, we've got, you know, creativity and, um, you know, hope. You can either feed the fear monster over here on the left by giving up everything that you love and focusing on all of the pain and all of the bad things that are happening or you can acknowledge that that exists i'm not saying it doesn't exist it does it's very real it exists you can acknowledge it and you can choose to focus your energy 
on fueling that hope instead. So I just think that's always something to remember as well. If you ever start to feel like what you're doing isn't important enough or isn't big enough or it's, you know, it's not changing enough lives or whatever, it's like you are contributing to the beauty and the hope in this world. And we've got an imbalance right now. So we've got a distinct imbalance between fear and hope right now. Fear is quite, it's got a lot of fuel. So it's okay. It's okay for you to add some fuel to like the beauty and the hope and the creativity side of things. Because if anything, we need more of that right now than we've ever needed before. So yeah, please don't give up. Please keep creating and selling your art and putting out in the world and keep inspiring people to remember that there is beauty and that there is love and that there is inspiration because I think that's what will that's what will save our hearts anyway and it will it will mean that you know people can keep going for a bit longer it will (laughs) it'll yeah it just kind of takes the sting out of it doesn't it just keep focusing on hope and keep fueling that please thank you Well, that's it for us, everybody. You can find Georgina at, let's say it again, where they can find you on Instagram. It is Georgina Noel, E-F-T. My surname, Noel, is spelled like Christmas, N-O-E-L. So yes, Georgina Noel, E-F-T on Instagram. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We will be back next week as usual. I have loved this conversation, Georgina. It's been amazing. I really hope it switched on some light bulbs for you because it has for me, as it always does talking to you, made me inspired again. So thank you very much. You're so welcome. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Hello. Hi. You look all glamorous. You know, it's an illusion caused by having curls. <laughs> it's like you just uh, a bit of mascara and some curls and everyone goes, oh. Sorry, that is the pickup mat for my paintings. I'll be back. No problem. I could do anything now, couldn't I? Because you can't see me. <laughs> And uh, I've totally gone off track now, but as I always do, because I just start channeling and all the words just start pouring out of my face.